The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live here from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends and the infidel that Allah warns you about, I hold to the book, The Bible, as the Authoritative Word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning, and if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com or SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, you can scroll down there on the right and you can watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right, you can see the face that's made for radio right there on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And if you want to hover over that, there's um, space where you can enlarge the, the video so that you'll be able to uh, interact with us in video instead of just listening via radio. Uh, also, you can check out our live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. That's tied to our Periscope account. As well as you can go over to our Facebook page, Bradley Dean SOL, Bradley Dean SOL, and also our YouTube channel, which is B Dean Sons of Liberty. B Dean Sons of Liberty. If you head over to Facebook or YouTube, please like the pages, please subscribe uh, on Facebook underneath the banner there. Click the following and check. Uh, move from the default to the uh, see first in your newsfeed, and that way you'll get us uh, whatever we post on Sons of Liberty Media there. On Facebook, you get it in your newsfeed, and then in YouTube, if you'll subscribe to the channel and also click the bell icon so you know when we're live or when there is a new video commentary that's been put up, that will come straight to you. You can also check us out at BeforeIt'sNews.com. Our friend Michael Roach has been kind enough to put us on the front page there, and we're there live every morning, uh, every weekday morning at 6 a.m., as well as 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Bradley comes on, and uh, he's on there as well. And finally, you can check us out at DLive.TV, DLive.TV, at The Sons of Liberty, The Sons of Liberty on DLive.TV. We've got some people who've joined us from there as well. Thank you, friends, for that support as well. Um, and then also, if you're moving away from some of the big uh, social media outlets, you can go to Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.Life, and you can find us there on Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media, depending on <laughs> if the name was not taken when we got on there. So we appreciate all your support, and thank you for joining us this morning. Now, I've got a special guest. We had uh, Alex from Ammo.com. Oh, back before I moved over to Sons of Liberty, we had him on uh, Setting Brush Fires. And uh, today, we've got a guy from Ammo.com who puts out all the material. Uh, he's their lead writer. He's their chief historian. Uh, he's the driving intellectual force behind the content in the Resistance Library. 
and you know we carry the content from ammo.com that this gentleman uh, provides his name is sam jacobs and i want to welcome sam to the sons of liberty you there sam I am. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. It's good to have you and uh, thrilled to have you on here today. And we're going to talk about some some interesting things. Now, you had an article out. Um, I'm thinking I, I get so many stuff that goes through <laughs> through my um, brain. Uh, I, I, I read a bunch of articles every day. I post probably 13 articles a day, uh, every day except for Sunday. And so I get a lot of content that goes through, and so I forget the timing. My weeks run together and all this kind of stuff. But you had one uh, recently that you wrote. It's called Deplatformed, How Big Tech Companies uh, and Corporate America Subvert the Second Amendment. And for some reason, I've got some kind of an issue with my video, which I had the other day, uh, because I was wanting to show people, and they can see now that everything has done <laughs> gone down to my desktop. They can see that there's all kinds of problems there. Um, you want to tell us a little bit, first, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into this issue on what's going on with uh, the subversion of our Second Amendment. Um, well, about me, I mean, I'm like, as you said, I'm the, the lead writer and the chief historian at ammo.com. Um, I bring to them, you know, bring to ammo.com, uh, bring to, bring to us a lot of, uh, you know, historical insight. Um, I am, you know, like a lot of guys, I'm just really interested in history. Um, but also kind of, you know, keep at least one eye on, uh, culture war kind of issues without, you know, trying to become too consumed by it because I do think that there's sort of a danger to being you know, spending too much of your life on Twitter and thinking that these things have kind of more resonance in the um, broader culture than they actually do. But they do certainly have a lot of resonance within um, elite culture. And I think that that is kind of what, you know, makes them important. So I, 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 I'm in a, a small town in New Mexico right now. I'm, I'm always mobile for anybody who follows my podcasting. Uh, and I think, you know, if we stopped people on the on the street corner and said, hey, what do you think about, you know, Facebook deplatforming Alex Jones? We're going to get a lot of people going, who? Uh, nine, nine, uh, you know, 9,999 out of 1,000 people that we stop are just going to go, who? Uh, but if you move it to the realm of online, everybody knows. And it's not to say that you know, the deplatforming of Alex Jones and other people isn't important. I think it certainly is. But I, I also think that it's important to kind of maintain a, a perspective about this, um, but kind of pivoting to what we are going to be talking about today. You know, I think that um, it's not just how corporate America and big tech are, are subverting the Second Amendment. It's also how they're subverting the first. And, you know, uh, as soon as they figure out how the all the all the rest of the Bill of Rights, not that the ninth and and the 10th mean much anymore or the fifth or the fourth or, you know, a whole bunch of them. But, um, <clears throat> you know, there, th this is part of a, uh, what I view as a, a generalized attack by, um, corporate America, certainly centered on big tech to strip Americans of their rights. And kind of one thing that I always go back to is, you know, um, if the founding fathers were told that there were, you know, four, companies controlling the entire American media landscape who were hostile to American values and hostile to American freedom, 
Um, I don't think that their response would be, I don't know, the free market's spoken, just start a new bank. You know, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Um, I think they would probably do something about it. I don't, um, you know, I'm not going to take the pretense of knowing that what I think, I think what the answer should be. I I have some vague ideas. I'm, I think that my skill lies more in kind of pointing out problems than, than coming up with solutions. And I don't want to use that as a cop out. It's just, that's, you know, that's kind of just more where my uh, abilities lie, but yeah, I mean, there's, there certainly is a, I don't want to call it coordinated because coordinated is like implies that, you know, Jack at Twitter is meeting up with Mark Zuckerberg and they're like, you know, rubbing their hands together and cackling evilly about how they can strip people of their rights. And I certainly don't think that that's what's going on. Um, but I do think that there is a concerted effort by big tech and big banks um, to deplatform people and to, in some cases, take, you know, their uh, ability to transact business away, um, you know, which we can kind of get into the details of that later. But it does mostly revolve around um, the First and the Second Amendment. And I think that with the Second Amendment, it's a lot like, um, I think that this is mentioned in the article, and if it's not, it should have been. But there was, I want to say 10 years ago, maybe, um, maybe a little more, there was this, uh, it was an Obama era thing where there were a bunch of banks who just stopped serving um, porn stars. Yeah, that was and like the of, uh, choke point, wasn't it? Because it, it didn't yes, just Yes, Operation Choke a, Point, yeah, right. a lot of people. Right, and so a friend of mine messaged me when that happened and was like, this is the trial balloon. Because it's always like they're always going to pick someone that no one is going to no one wants to defend. And like, yeah, who wants to, you know, stick up for porn stars and their and their, you know, seven figure bank accounts or six figure bank accounts or whatever. So it just kind of went, you know, under the radar and you know about it and I know about it. But again, like we could stand on a street corner in this town all day and no one's going to have heard of this. Um, and I think that, pardon me, I think that was kind of the. uh you know, the trial balloon, but in terms of big tech, um, you know, the trial balloon for taking people off of social media platforms, um, I would say wasn't even Milo. It was probably uh, Weave, you know, and, and, and so, and, you know, Weave has like a giant swastika tattooed on his chest. Um, so much like porn stars and their bank accounts, a very easy target to pick and say well we're throwing this guy off every social media platform and then everyone kind of goes oh well you know i don't care like guys you know he's a nazi who cares um and then you know the next kind of step was milo who's like you can think whatever you want to think about milo i mean he's certainly not a, a nazi or a white supremacist or anything i mean i think he's just kind of you could probably just file him under contrarian or provocateur or something like that and then it moves to like, you know, like Steven Crowder, like how harmless is, how harmless is Steven Crowder? Um, but that's where, it, that's where it mo moves to, you know, or like, I mean, even Alex Jones is like, you know, in any event. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the, the important thing to, to, to look at when you're looking at these deplatformings is that this it was it was definitely a salami slicing slippery slope kind of thing where the thin end of the wedge was you know a guy with a swastika tattooed on his chest and then 
it moves all the way to, yeah, like Crowder having trouble getting paid by YouTube, which again, like, you know, Steven Crowder is like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who, who could possibly find Steven Crowder like threatening. Well, you know? yeah. And I think there's a, I think there's a thing when you, we talked about, is there a concerted effort between these guys, you know, is Zuckerberg calling up, um, what's his name? Jack over there at Twitter. And they're having little, you know, sit around the table, smoking cigars and drinking their whiskey and talking about, Oh, well, how are we going to do this with me? I don't think that's the issue at all. I, I do think there's government influence in it because both companies, from what I understand, have offices for government people. Um, and we've we've seen a lot of stuff come out with Facebook where they just go dump people's information or dump their data uh, to the feds, even without a warrant. This happened in the, if you remember the Oregon uh, protest that happened out there at the bird farm. Um, they, they dumped that data out without any warrant. Uh, it was unsolicited. And the guys in the courtroom were kind of surprised that the feds knew some of the, they said, where did you get this? And it came out, they came out through social media. It, it was uh, Facebook dumping it out. There were tons of us. If we liked a picture, if we commented on something or liked the Facebook page there, we were unindicted co-conspirators to be honest. And, um, and so all of that came out in the court of what they're doing. Now you made mention of the fact that they'll take people and they'll target them. We had Jason Fick on. And Jason was targeted by Facebook uh, for content he was putting out. He says, you know, some of it may have been considered offensive people. He says, but the vast majority wasn't. They, he had like, this was back years ago, he had 13 million uh, followers on Facebook and was making, I, I think he said like over a quarter of a million dollars a month, okay? And um, it's a nice job, job to have. And right. what, what happened was, was they cut him off? Well, he he ended up selling what he was doing there. Company came in, put the exact content that he had, not different content, not similar content, the exact one. Facebook turned him on, and he's he's got him in like uh, the Ninth Circuit Court right now, um, attempting to well, show. Good that luck there, violent. buddy. Yeah. Well, he's hoping it'll go. To the, <laughs> he's hoping it'll go to the Supreme Court because he said what they're doing is they're violating the law, right? And uh, and he made it pretty simple as to how they were doing it and how even Congress could fix the law so that it's, it's even more clear as to what's going on, but he's doing that. So these companies are being deplatformed uh, for a variety of things. You, you mentioned, uh, and I think some of this comes off of, obviously, I think some of it just comes off of decency. You, you mentioned the, the porn stars and stuff like that, but you're talking about the government targeting uh, them for certain things. Uh, I think what they called it was, risky behavior and it wasn't just porn stores it was it was gun deal it was gun stores it was um three or four or five other things because i remember doing the report on it when i saw what they were doing and um supposedly that's been reversed uh well we'll see there are still a lot of companies that still won't deal with the gun gun dealers and so when you when you come to write this um this article big tech companies and corporate america being subversive to the Second Amendment, one of the things that comes to my mind, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, pointing out the problems. And I think some of us are very good at doing that, but we've got to have some good solutions that are lawful. They're not tyrannical. They don't grow government anymore. None of us want that. And um, and you made mention of the issue with people not knowing. I remember when they asked, they went down to Florida after Benghazi, and they said, have you heard of this guy named Benghazi? And the people are looking at him <laughs> like, what? 
Um, it was a Steven Crowder kind of thing. It wasn't Steven Crowder, but it was something like that. Right. And, uh, and they didn't know. And, um, and, and those same people oftentimes won't know our founding documents. And I believe it was Thomas Jefferson said, you know, people can't expect to be ignorant and free at the same time. And this is why I like what you guys do at ammo.com. You don't just sell ammunition, but you seek to put something in the arsenal for your mind. Uh, something that this useful besides the bullet, because, you, you've got to use, like what you said before, the First Amendment, that you've got to use free speech in hopes that you don't have to use the other one. I mean, that nobody wants to get in a war. I hear all these people talk about they're ready for war. I don't think they have a clue as to what war is. And ours is in the West has mainly been trying to have a war of ideas. And sadly, that's where we're lacking. But you're bringing that to the table. So where are you at with this? We had Operation Choke Point. But you've kind of updated that, updated that to what social media is doing, not what government's doing, but what social media is doing and big companies. What's going on there? Well, so I mean, that's the thing is we have, you know, I don't from from the perspective of solutions, I don't think that the solution I think that there is a solution to this that does involve the government, but does not involve an expansion of government power. And what we have is there's there's a very I mean, I believe Ted Cruz made mention of this when he was you know, going after these guys during the hearings is that if you're curating content, you're an editorial platform. If you're an editorial platform, you're responsible for the things that are on your plat. You're legally responsible for the things that are on your platform. Um, So, you know, if you run a newspaper and your newspaper is running classified ads for hitmen in the back, um, you are legally responsible for, you know, you're responsible for publishing that. If, however, you're a content neutral platform, you're not responsible for any of that. And so I would argue, again, not being, you know, a great legal scholar or anything by any means, but I would argue just from a common sense perspective that, you know, what we should really be doing is demanding that um, Facebook, Twitter, you know, different social media platforms um, act as content neutral platforms, which to me would mean uh, what the gab policy is. And I, I have like, you know, some kind of, I have, I have, you know, concerns with gab and things that I don't necessarily like about gab, but gab's rule that any legal speech is allowed on our platform. Um, I think is, you know, I think that they should all be held to that because if they're not, then they're curating content. Um, and, and so, you know, and I think that when we talk about protecting free speech in America, um, we, that protection of free speech necessarily means protection of extremist speech. And that doesn't mean that we, we then, you know, decide that things like, you know, I mean, we have laws against like incitement to violence that I think are, that I think are reasonable laws that I think are. And it's like, everybody says fire in a crowded theater. That's a horrible example because that was about people, you know, draft resisting during world war one. But like, yeah, you know, like people should not be allowed to post on social media. Hey, Sam Jacobs lives at dot, 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 go kill him. You know, like this is not a legal, this is clearly not a legal form of speech. I think that most reasonable people would agree that things like incitement to violence um, should be legally actionable, but short of things that are legally actionable, 
Um, I don't really know why Facebook is allowed to is allowed to maintain the pretense of a content neutral platform while also, um, you know, deciding what what opinions are allowed on their platform and which are not. So it's not so much that I'm saying like, oh, the government should step in and say Facebook has to do thus and such. I'm just saying that the government should demand that if Facebook is going to that if Facebook is going to act as an editorial platform, that it be legally treated as an editorial platform, which means that they're respons- they're legally responsible for things that are posted on their platform, which guess what? Facebook doesn't want that. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side of on the flip side of things, um, if they can then choose to be a content neutral platform and they have and they would I would suspect um, be required to allow something close to Gab's rule of all, um, you know, legal speech. Um, so I think that is, you know, again, not being a great legal legal scholar or anything that to me would be a pretty simple solution uh, using regulations that are in place that we already have. Yeah, no, I, I agree. In fact, I, I've, when it comes to the issue of guns and I, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into that with, with this deplatforming too, but I, you know, Chuck Schumer was come out and, and, uh, he says, well, we, we have infringements on the first amendment, you know, that, that you can't just say anything you want. Uh, why can't we have them on the second amendment? And you mentioned fire in a crowded theater and so people go, well, you can't just run in a theater and yell, you're a fire. And I go, well, of course you can, if there's a fire. Right. But, but right. So, well, I so mean, we it's always a bad example anyway, because it was a Wilson thing about well, like, sure. but, but we're my, resisting the draft during World War One. But my point is, we don't go duct taping people's mouths when they go into the theater. Right. They right. Can, they can still do it. It's just it's going to be determined. We use the term legal. I pref- I prefer lawful because the issue is and somebody will go, well, what's lawful for you is not lawful for somebody else. Well, that's not the case. You You just gave the incitement to violence. Uh, some people would say, well, you're inciting Islamists when you actually talk about Islamic history or the Quran or what Muhammad did. They'll say, well, you're just inciting. No, you're just saying if they're mad, that's not my fault. I'm not asking them to kill me, but their but their guy will tell tell them to kill me. I mean, they're writing stuff. That's right, a whole right. So, thing. like, a, incitement to violence is not, you know, hey, your hair looks stupid, <laughs> right. and then you come and punch me in the face. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, I think that you know a lot of this stuff comes down to enforcement. A lot of this stuff comes down to inter- interpretation. Um, and that's to me just kind of, you know, priced into our legal system that like, you know, you can't write a law that contains every kind of exception within it and is, and is written in this kind of hyper specific um, way. That's where we, we, we let the courts kind of, you know, sort things out, which is not to say the courts are imperfect by, by any, uh, stretch of the imagination, but you know, imperfect enforcement to me is 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 generally, you know, bad enforcement is not is is not a bad argument, but imperfect enforcement is to me um, a, a a bad argument. I mean, there's not I don't know that you could if we're sitting around waiting for perfectly crafted laws that are going to be perfectly enforced, we're going to be sitting around with no laws, which I'm sure some some of your listeners think is great, um, but I I do not. Um, I th- I'm glad that there are laws against murder and I'm glad that there's laws against, you know, well, kidnapping abs- and car theft. And absolutely. You know, absolutely. Right. And and I think part of the issue is, you know, John Adams had said that, uh, you know, our Constitution is written for a religious and moral people. It's inadequate. 
it's wholly inadequate for any other or to govern any others. And so we have to have a foundation. And when you're talking about this was the point I was going to make earlier when you said, I don't think there's this, you know, working between Zuckerberg and and Jack over at uh, uh, Twitter and, and this kind of thing. I think it's come up through the education system. I think we we no longer have an education system that uh, gears us as we were even long before our founding to where young children are taught to read, write, do math, and they're taught uh, the moral law of God. And so, therefore, they know that whatever they go out to do, they can learn to do it if they want to apply themselves, and they're to do it for the glory of God. And, uh, you know, you make reference in the the article that you did, uh, you made mention of the Mark of the Beast. Now, I, I take a different perspective on that. I think the Mark of the Beast is nothing more than a submission to tyranny, and I correlate that with Deuteronomy 6, where God says the things that we're to hold in our hearts, we to teach to our kids, uh, they're, to be, uh, they're to be bound on our hands, as well as frontless between our eyes on our forehead. And so when you get to Revelation, you're seeing that he's correlating that, that the people, instead of worshiping him, they've submitted themselves to man and they bear his mark. And I think a lot of this has to do with that mindset of abandoning the law. I'm with you. There are probably some libertarians out there who hear, and they're what I call practicing Satanists. They don't have the, the law of God to keep them, to have them, to give them bumpers to say, you have liberty within what is to do right. What you said a minute ago the, about our speaking, it's to be, it's to be lawful. You can say whatever you want that's lawful within the law, but when you go outside of that, then you're held accountable to it. And I think that's what you're talking about when you talk about the things that people post, whether it's lawful or whether it's not lawful. And we're not talking about something that man makes up, but but what is inherent in our rights given to us by our Creator. Well, I am somebody who believes in in in, in natural law. I mean, to kind of give you guys like a little background into my viewpoints, um, I I am a Catholic. Um, you know, my, to me, the greatest man who, uh, never became president of the United States is Pat Buchanan. Um, I'm sure there are things that I disagree with, with Pat on, but I might take me a week to figure out what they are. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my, um, you know, political orientation. You can call it whatever you like. I like Um, that too. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's my, you know, perspective. And I certainly think that, uh, when when the framers wrote the Constitution, they were writing it for you know a virtuous people and not a, a hedonistic one, um, as we as we have today. But I think that kind of bringing it back to what we're talking about, you know, it makes it a lot easier to um, it's a lot easier to kind of um, attack these these rights in a society like the one in which we live, where people are are, are much more kind of atomized. Um, you know, the, the family ties don't exist nearly as much as they did 50 years ago. And I think it makes it a lot easier to kind of, um, you know, attack, attack these kinds of rights. Now, I think that one of the things that I talk about in the article that's really important is, and you've touched on it as well, is transacting business for uh, firearms and ammunition companies. So, you know, Again, this is one of those things where I think that the libertarian answer, um, it, the, the sort of like, I don't want to call it the extreme libertarian, but let's call it the kind of classical doctrinaire libertarian perspective on this is that, well, you know, a bank is a private entity and it can, it can do its own thing. Um, I don't know really to what degree um, in, 
an era of central banking that banks can be considered private entities, um, which is like a kind of a whole other discussion. But in any event, um, you know, I don't really know how, um, you know, so let's take PayPal, for example, like PayPal, um, you know, PayPal can't be used for any expression of your Second Amendment rights. Um, you also can't exercise your First Amendment rights on there if you want to give money to Stefan Molyneux or Alex Jones or, um, you know, WikiLeaks, uh, which I guess is probably WikiLeaks. is. I don't know that I would call WikiLeaks left wing. Um, I think it's like the type of thing where, you know, during the Bush administration, lefties loved them. And then Obama became president and they were like, oh, wow, you guys are going to report on like, you know, his drone bombings, too. Um, we, we don't like you so much anymore, but that's kind of like the closest, closest example to something on, on the left being, um, deplatformed. I, I suspect that, you know, with things as they are in the democratic primary right now, that there's a very good chance that you may see, um, Glenn Greenwald deplatformed. Um, there's an Australian socialist named Amy Therese who was deplatformed from Twitter, um, because she's, you know, very focused on class issues and not so much on um, Baskin Robbins, 36 genders and, um, you know, doesn't doesn't Raytheon just need more uh, black lesbians on its board kind of like weird le- leftist um, cultural stuff. She was deplatformed. Um, so I think that this, I actually think that, that this is going to be kind of the season for, um, deplatforming on the left. And I, and I, and I, and some part of me kind of welcomes it because it's like, well, great. We've got all these new allies who've like, you know, realized that all the things that were done to Trump supporters in 2015, 2016, 2017 are now going to apply to Bernie Sanders supporters because really the issue is that like anyone who opposes this this globalist neoliberal trade and growth oriented um, commercial politic is really the, is really the target. Um, But in any event, let's go back to the gun issue. Um, So, you know, you can't use PayPal for any exercise of your second amendment rights. And then, and then the classical kind of libertarian answer to this is, well, just start your own PayPal. And it's like, yeah, I'll start my own PayPal that like is going to like, you realize that the whole reason that PayPal works is because they have partnerships with MasterCard and Visa and things like this. So, okay, so what if MasterCard and Visa decide that they're just not going to uh, process any payments whatsoever that have anything to do with any expression of Second Amendment rights? Which there's been some kind of some kind of inroads towards, which you can read about in in the article. Um, what if let's play this tape forward by ten years? Um, what if Chase Bank decides that they're not going to do business with anyone who has uh, a concealed carry weapon permit? And so you go to the grocery store and you're going to get your groceries and you've lost your bank account because you have a concealed carry permit. Um, I think that kind of the bridge between where we are now and that is oop, red flag order. We're taking your bank account away. How are you going to pay for things? Because you are not going to pay for your groceries with Monero, you know, like this is not, you're not going to use altcoins to pay for your, to pay for your groceries, to pay for your rent, to pay your mortgage, to pay for the, I mean, as I, and I'm a cryptocurrency enthusiast, but like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a little silly to suggest that people are going to use some kind of like alternative trading system 
outside of the massive financial bureaucracy that already exists to pay for things. And, you know, like we're already seeing, we're already seeing trial balloons. Uh, was it, was it Rambo Biggs lose his bank? Am I making that up? Somebody lost their bank. I forget um, who and that I was. Can't, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but I mean, this is kind of like, you know, the operation choke point stuff is, is they're not doing this because they have some moral objection to pornography and porn stars. They're doing this because it's a trial balloon to see how far they can go with taking people's bank accounts away to make them comply with whatever, what right. comply with whatever compliance means, well, but it's going to start with your guns. Well, let, let me ask this, Sam, because you, you talked about, uh, you know, confronting um, some of the, the, the libertarians who would say, well, the bank is the, you know, private entity. Well, they're not a private entity. All of them, most of, well, let me, let me take that back. Not all of them. Some of them are small hometown banks and they get started in a certain way, but all of them are federally insured. By right. definition, that you, what is this private entity stuff? And the second thing is, you mentioned corporations. You know, we used to have something in this country to where a corporation could apply. They could be accepted as a corporation for, what, 10 years or something. They had to reapply. Right. And we used to have guys who actually knew what the Constitution said and at least at least made an effort to follow it, whether they did perfectly or not. They made an effort to follow it, and they would hold those guys, okay, if they were out there <laughs> pushing um, things that were anti-American – I mean, clearly, and I'm not talking about flying your flag out in front of your house or saluting the flag or any of that. What I'm talking about is the law, because I think that's where we ought to be united around. I think that's what you're getting at. We should be united around the law, whether you call yourself a leftist or a rightist or whatever you call yourself. We should be able to point to the law, look back to what our founders uh, wrote uh, concerning the law that they wrote in our Constitution and determine what they said and and hold it up and see if those in representation are following it, whether they're enforcing it against these people who are trying to take your bank accounts, your guns, or they're trying to force you into this thing. And I think that's what I'm talking about, about the mark of the beast. Our rights, uh, you can tell me if you agree and, and comment on this too, our rights are nothing more than our liberties. I mean, that's what the term means. Our liberties are authorities that we have. And those are so we can do the duties that our God has given us. And he's told us that we're to protect uh, our families. We're to protect uh, one another. That's a demonstration of love. And so if they're saying, well, you can't talk about guns and you can't have guns and you can't have a concealed permit, they are forcing us right into the very, they're they're forcing us to make a decision between whether or not we're going to obey our creator. We're going to submit to them for whatever else. And, uh, And I agree with you. This whole society has come to this where we're depend we seem dependent upon this rather than being independent as you know those who came before us they fought bled and died to ensure that their posterity would be free and independent right well, I think that it's you know with the economy that the way that it is in the twenty first century I think it's very um difficult to suggest that there's gonna be um that we're gonna sort of quickly divorce from you know, the, the world banking system or anything like that. I mean, I, I, I think that there certainly are better alternatives to the world banking system as it exists right now. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't know, you know, in the, in the next 10, 20 years, really what the like, you know, prospects are for decoupling from that and becoming more independent as Americans would have been, you know, in, in 1840 or something. Um, you know, I mean, there's things like, 
the global supply chain, you know, like if you like, if you like oil, if you like gas, not being 12, 12 bucks a gallon, um, then, you know, I don't know how you really separate, um, from that and become, you know, more, more, more independent. Um, I think that kind of the main issue for me with this is that libertarians and conservatives, I think are, um, far too focused on the on violations of their rights coming from government and i think that it is not only entirely possible for private entities to infringe upon your rights but it, that it's becoming more and more common and i'm not naive as to the connection and the interpenetration between um, big business and big government. I mean, obviously there's a lot, I wouldn't call them completely the same, but obviously there's a lot, there's a lot of overlap. The more money you have, the more influence you can buy. Um, the more that you can write the laws to be amenable to your needs. And I honestly like, when I say this, I absolutely mean it. If your listeners are aware of various kinds of invisible regulations that make it, um, possible and easy for Facebook to exist when they otherwise wouldn't in a, in a freer marketplace, please bring those to my attention because I am not, I am not aware of them and I would love to learn, um, you know, all about them. But I think that that, that to me is, is kind of the pressing challenge for the 21st century that our rights are being increasingly infringed upon, not by government, but by these, these private entities, uh, which are, in many cases, more powerful than the government. Um, and what do we do about that? Do we just go, well, you know, um, well, can, nothing, can to be, nothing, to, nothing to be done. It's a yeah. private entity. Sure. I think that, I think that re- response is very, very lacking and sure. very, very inadequate for the uh, world in which we live. Well, let, let me ask you, let me ask you about that and see maybe if you can tie it in. Um, some of these entities, uh, I know that uh, Google was funded by the CIA front group, uh, what was it called, in- NQ something. Ah, I just lost it. But they fund, they take Americans' money and unlawfully, it's not constitutionally authorized, the CIA has a front group set up, and they fund big tech companies. Now, I did an article, I don't know how many of these companies they funded, but one of them, the big one everybody will know, is Google. They dumped, right. they dumped millions of dollars into Google. The guy who was running that show there left and dumped like I think it was like twelve million dollars in Facebook himself. And people said, "Well, that's not that's sort of a you know in between guy." And don't tell me he didn't get his money from there. I mean, it's through the same thing. And so when when you're when you're making mention of this, they're they're I think they're passing themselves off as though they're these private corporations, these these. Things that aren't a good, but they're in it. As far as I'm concerned, when they took the government cheese, they're an extension of the government. And so I don't have any problem saying, uh, no, 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 you don't get to do any of that because you, you unlawfully took money from the government. The government unlawfully gave it to you and we didn't authorize it. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing that, that I can't see. I, I, we hear a lot of talk on Capitol Hill. But we don't see a lot of doing. We don't see a lot of enforcing the law and bringing justice. And I think that's the one thing that's missing is actually bringing justice against those who are doing these things. That's my thought on it. Yeah. I mean, again, like I don't, I'm not really sure kind of what the answer is in specifics. I mean, I would like, um, you know, 
as as is often the refrain, something to be done. Um, and I would like the something to be done to be sensible. And I would like the something to be done to not be a massive power grab on the part of the federal government. And kind of barring those three things, I would prefer nothing, you know, nothing be nothing be done. I don't want think I don't want action to be taken that actually makes the situation worse. And I think that there is, you know, that's kind of the default setting. And I think that this is this is definitely where uh, more doctrinaire libertarians get it right. Is like, well, yeah. I mean, most of the time, the go- when the government does things, you know, it's just some naked power grab makes the situation worse, not better. And I'm certainly, I'm certainly sensitive to all of that, but I don't think that it's kind of a necessary expectation that you know, there's, there's absolutely nothing to be done about this. Anything the government does is just going to make it worse. Anything the government does is going to be a big power grab. Um, I don't think any of that is, 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 is necessary. Um, but that doesn't mean that I know what the answer is because I certainly don't. Um, as I said earlier, I think the main thing that they could do right away is just say, you know what, you're editorial or you're Mm -hmm. content neutral. Well, we're going to enforce the law. That's accordingly I, yeah that's what i'm saying with that see now they're that's now you're given i think you're given a solution there i don't think that that is expanding government that is a law that's in place we don't have to write new laws for that and um and and they and the law gets enforced the the, the only problem i would have is what they would consider justice or is is facebook in essence going to get a shakedown out of the government for several million dollars but the people that they did wrong they're not getting anything that's not justice um, there need the law needs to be brought to bear, and I, I I agree with you. I don't want an expansion of government. I just but they're not doing what they're being what they've been put in place to do, and I think that's I think that's the issue under the laws that they have. Now we've got about um, twelve minutes or so, and let's take a couple of these things. Now we talked about Operation Choke Point, obviously, um, and we saw some of the things that came out. I think you made mention here in the article about the aurora shooting when did that happen that was like 2013 or something boy that's a ways back um (laughs) yeah the aurora shooting and was anyway yeah that was a while ago anyway (laughs) um so we we see that come out then we we had uh the thing that started happening with like uh who was it Dick Sporting Goods after the Sandy Hook thing. Oh, we're not going to have the Bushmaster. We'll have all kinds of other R, 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 AR-15s, but we're not going to have the Bushmaster. And you're like, are you people serious? I mean, it was just, it's this, um, for lack of a better term, it's this propaganda. But I really think it comes out of their mindset of their education. They haven't learned the law. They haven't learned history. And they're just looking to be, you know, look like they're sympathetic to all this stuff. When and it's just crazy, and then Dix goes and destroys inventory of gun. You're just going, really? What are you people doing? Do you not know your history? Do you not know the law? I mean, I think that's really the issue. They're they're very ignorant, and they're willing to go right along with the herd mentality of those who are pushing that kind of an agenda. Uh, what's right? You? And I think that that's kind of what underscores the need for there to be, you know, stricter protections in place for people. I mean, that's the thing too. Is like. I'm not like, I don't, I think that there's, there's room for nuance in a lot of this. Cause I would never suggest that Dick sporting goods is like f- somehow, you know, obligated to sell Bushmasters. I don't think it's the same thing. I just don't think that they're, 
I don't think that they're comparable. I think that what is much more comparable uh, to the Facebook or the Twitter thing is like, you know, Verizon, I don't think can shut your phone off because you're a gun business. I could be wrong about that. Maybe no, they right. could do. You're, you're you exactly know? right. You're exactly and right. I don't, and I don't think that that is a, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that, um, Facebook and Twitter rise to kind of the level of a public utility. So I didn't say, you know, the water company or the power company, but I think like, yeah, your cell phone provider, I think they're, I think they're comparable to that or your internet service provider. I think that they're, they're comparable to that. And I think that you would find very few people who, if I said, well, why can't Verizon just shut your phone off because they don't like something that you said on Twitter um, I think that very few people would suggest that Verizon uh, would be would be be in in the right either in a broad moral sense or legally allowed to do that. Um, so I think that's kind of where the the comparison is, you know. So I'm not here suggesting that like you know Dick Sporting Goods is obligated to sell you any weapon that you that you want to buy. Um, that to me is like, yeah, the free market will decide whether or not it's a good idea for Dick Sporting Goods. It'll to decide get rid whether they stay in business AR-15s. on it. It'll decide whether they stay in business on it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I don't go to Dick's anymore, you know, and I don't like particularly. Uh, I don't. I'm not particularly offended by the fact that they don't carry Bushmasters, but it's just like the the, the broader cultural. Um, you know, I, as I said, I kind of pay, I try to pay, keep one eye on these kind of culture war stuff. And it's just like my, you know, my side decided that we're not shopping at Dick's anymore. And I want to stand with the people who think that we shouldn't be shopping at, at, at Dick's anymore. Uh, but I'm, you know, I think that it's completely, um, you know, within the, you know, completely appropriate to boycott a place. Um, what I think is, 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 maybe something good to kind of go for the last stretch of this um, is the practice of big companies like Walmart, Starbucks, um, Dick's, whoever you've probably seen these signs that weapons aren't allowed in, you know, Starbucks, for example. And I'm sure you kind of um, smirk a bit as you walk in with your, you know, concealed weapon anyway, completely ignoring it. But I believe that that's backed up by the force of law. Um, I think that I'm almost certain that it is in Arizona, that if a business posts no guns, that you're not allowed to bring your gun in. So imagine, if you will, um, and this is not, you know, all that, this is not some crazy Logan's run um, science fiction scenario. There are lots of towns in this country where their small local businesses have all been run out of business by the Walmarts, the Starbucks, the Barnes and Noble, the Dicks, you know, and so the only things left are these big um, transnational corporations that come in and say, well, you can't carry in our, in our store. Is that a restriction of your rights? I think that it probably is. Um, You know, so again, while I wouldn't say that uh, Dicks is obligated to sell you a Bushmaster, um, I question whether or not, you know, big companies that come into town and put all the small businesses out of town. Um, I, w- should the government be doing something to prevent them from restricting your rights on what is their private property? I think that that's a fair discussion to have. Um, and it, and I think that it parallels the Facebook thing. 
Well, I, you know, I, I kind of laughed because uh, you talked about as you stroll in there past the sign. I know here in South Carolina, um, one of the things we learned in a, a concealed weapons class was that somebody was brilliant in South Carolina that says if you're going to do that, whether you're a business or whether you're a government building or whatever, you have to have a specific sign that says a specific thing with a specific gun logo on it at a specific height, and nobody does it. Even the DMV and and you know what? In all those places, the banks, every I mean, I know it's a it's a whole thing there, but in a lot of these places, you can go in. They're not going to know you're armed anyway unless you have to use because you're not there to break the law. Right. Uh, but I'll guarantee you those people would be more than happy if a robber came in with a gun and he was ready to kill people and you shot him dead there. Um, yeah, I'd like to see somebody take you to court over that. I mean, I'd really like to see that. They would look like the biggest jerk on the block. And again, the same thing happens, you know, across the border where we go. I think you have a point there. And, and now they were talking about somebody was um, – I forget I had it on the gun site that, that I run, and uh, somebody had where there was going to be legislation up in one of the states to hold certain businesses responsible if they sought to disarm you if you're actually injured uh, as far as um, you know somebody coming in with a gun and they shoot you or they kill you, whatever. They can then be held accountable for you because, in essence, they're trying to take your right to defend you, and then they're not putting in so- something in place. Right. And that would be, you know, to be clear, much more along the lines of the solutions that I would be in favor of, not, you know, some law that says dicks must allow, you know, anyone to carry any weapon at any point um, in their store. But like, I think that there's ways that you just kind of, you know, play their logic out and go, listen, if you're not letting people in with weapons to defend themselves, you're going to be held legally liable when some crazy person comes in and shoots up the place. Um, I think that that's kind of the solutions that we should be looking for. And those are the ones that uh, require the least amount of government intervention, the least amount of government expansion. And I do think that, you know, we um, it's, I think that we are entitled as Americans to expect that the government is going to protect our rights to the ability, you know, and this is not some Pollyanna ish thing. It's like, this is one of the reasons that the government exists is to ensure that people's rights are not being infringed upon. And when people's rights are being infringed upon by private entities, um, I think that there is this very dangerous and short-sighted and ill-advised tendency on uh, among many people who would consider themselves to be libertarians or conservatives to just kind of throw their hands up and say, well, it's a private business. They can do whatever they want. And I think that, as I said, I think that's very short-sighted and is, you know, not going to, not a winning battle. I agree. I agree. Sam, we got about uh, three minutes here or so. Um, you, you come down to near the end of the article and you start bringing in the free speech issue in. Uh, there were not only against the Second Amendment, but that the First Amendment, which protects our speech. Uh, give people a little talk about it. I think we hit it just a little bit at the first. Give people a little talk about that. We've, like I said, we've got about three minutes here. I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Um, the uh, you 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 make mention in your article here, big tech's war on free speech. You you move down from the 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 corporations and the banks, and you move down and you talk about big tech's war on free speech. There's a war against free speech, and big tech is the one re- waging it. Congress has looked into this with Senator Ted Cruz of Texas leading the charge, not allowing Facebook and other big tech companies to weasel out of answering hard questions. The public has about censorship on the internet, and I'm I, I what I'm gathering in our conversation is 
basically you're going to see one as you see the other because it's an issue of protecting rights. And all we've seen, though, is a lot of blowhards saying they're grilling this person or they're ripping into these people or whatever, but there's no resolve to, to really do something about it. And I'm not, and I'm with you. I don't want to expand government. I just, there's laws that are there to protect the rights of the people and that's what they're entrusted to do. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I think that there is a value to kind of just putting pressure on them. You know, I think that there's, I mean, you did see some kind of back off from Facebook after um, Ted Cruz had been, you know, had been grilling them. You did see some kind of back off. People got their Facebook accounts back, whatever. Um, So I think that there's a value to that, but I think that, you know, it could be something as simple as um, the president, or even it doesn't even have to be the president. It could be the head of a, you know, Senate subcommittee saying, just kind of putting them on notice and saying, listen, like we've got our eye on you. So, so clean up your act. Um, And I think that, there's no reason to think that that would not be sufficient uh, to get them to stop deplatforming people and curating content and restricting people's freedom of speech in quite the heavy-handed way that they have been. Well, I think some people did get that. I know we've got a lawsuit that's marching forward at SonsLibertyMedia.com because what they did was instead of the deplatforming, I mean Bradley was getting knocked off for 30 days every other time he got on and uh, what they've done is they're still taking they're still taking his money but they they aren't allowing any of of the people to see it, see the content on the page so they're they've just changed their tactics and how they're basically doing shadow banning is what they're doing and uh they they've just changed from that so I, this is why i say i think it's good that they let them know hey we got an eye on you but the issue is, if you don't clean your act up, we're gonna we're gonna deal with you according to what the law is, and um, I think until that comes, you know, it's it's like the the parent that that constantly tells their kid, now little Johnny, I'm gonna count to three, and every time you have to count to three, little Johnny stops what he's doing by the time you get to three because he knows he's gonna get a spanking, right? Um, right? Or or you say you're gonna get a spank for that and you never spank him, or you don't discipline him, or whatever. It's that constant threat of bringing the law without bringing any justice behind it. And I think all that does is embolden the tyranny that they're they're putting on one way or the other, uh, whether it's through the corporation or whether it's through the other. But um, we're out of time for today. I want to thank you, Sam, for joining us. And, folks, what we want to do is check out uh, Sam's uh, website, ammo.com. In fact, we'll have a link up in the archive of the show. You'll be able to save $15 of your first order of ammunition and uh, read some of the stuff that they've got out there. Uh, we carry it at SonsLibertyMedia.com too. Lord willing, we'll talk to you in 23 hours. See ya.